Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. Now, before we get going, we've picked people off the subs bench, we've kicked people off the main team. It's all change, change, change. All joking aside, we don't have Tony Calvin today. And that's because he has a new Twitter Spaces betting show starting this Saturday morning at 8 a.m., He'll be bringing you right up to speed on going updates, market movers, exchange plays, and his picks for ITV and some non-ITV races as well on Saturday. So check out the at Betfair Racing and TC's own Twitter handle to set a reminder for the brilliantly named, wait for it, 8am betting briefing with Tony Calvin. Check that out for just doing what it says on the tin, right? What is the, what's the chances? What are the odds? Um, we'll come to you for this. Brendan, that he rattles off some headgear stats. Yes, I'd say I'd say I'd say, I'd say that's one hundred and one. But that's what the people want, Vanessa. Continuity, you know, he's all about continuity. The big man, and I I, I stand by that. Hey, hence why he's got his own show. People yeah, are that yeah. keen for these sort of headgear stats. Yeah. Uh, so everyone, set your reminder for that. It'll be a good one. And as you as as it says on the tin, it'll be a betting briefing, and that's what people want early on a Saturday morning. So get stuck into that. As a result, for the next couple of weeks anyway, we have got Daryl Carter stepping in for Tony Calvin whilst he does his new show. How are you, Daryl? Yeah, not too bad. I've been getting out of the golf course. I don't know if you can tell, Vanessa, but I'm trying to slim this chin down. Absolutely disgraced myself though on the golf course the other day. Was, uh, does golf does golf help slim chins down? I don't know. It, it, it didn't sit well with me. It means you um, get four hours without eating, though, doesn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Fair, fair. It's it a form of fasting. It's a form of fasting. Well played, Daryl. <laughs> Best of luck with that. Um, hopefully, your tipping will be better than your golf with a bit of bit of luck. Okay, you might be brilliant. Um, no. He might be. He doesn't sound like he is. He's no. he's been disparaging even to himself. And Dan <laughs> Barber, how are you today? And that little dream catcher of yours. Yeah, well, I wonder if that could be my niche. You know, really tacky backgrounds to Zoom calls, and there'll be a new eight eight a.m. show that discusses it. That uh, you know, like a spin-off thing. Seems unlikely though. My main focus this week, as I've just said in the in the apparent pre-production meeting, was that. I believe Gladiators is coming back on TV later in the year. So I've been watching reruns, introducing my children to it. And it's been it's been glorious, actually. I thought your main focus this week might be the Sportsbook Multiple offer, which is, would you like to hear it? I think it's something <laughs> yes. you'd like. It is bet five yes. on horse racing multiples and get a free bet, Dan. So I'll just repeat that, shall I? Bet five on horse racing multiples and get a free bet. But, Dan, you must, along with everyone else, Read the T's and C's, opt in, do it responsibly. Okay? Swell. Swell, Vanessa. Real swell. swell. I am just hot off the plane from Saratoga, which I think I'll probably discuss with you off the show rather than on the show because people want us to get stuck into the Shergar Cup because that is the main focus of ITV racing on Saturday. So we will kick off with this, guys. We've got loads of racing to rattle through because not only do we have Ascot, Shergar Cup, we've got a couple from Haydock, New market, Curra, loads going on. So, Daryl, I'm going to start with you to kick things off, please. We start with the five furlong dash, the Shergar Cup dash at 1.35 on ITV4. And Rogue Lightning for Tom Clover's team is your three to one favourite currently. Intrinsic Bond is next best at fours. Tis marvellous, the old boy. How is he still going? I honestly think he was a good horse back before I was even in horse racing. He's five to one, a nine year old now. Those are just the top 
few in the betting. So kick us off with a winner and show your workings, please, Dara. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good little race. Um, I'm not I'm not running scared of the top of the market to be honest with you. I thought uh, I thought Rogue Lightning was very impressive at, at Doncaster, quickened up really smartly. Thought the race set up for him a little bit there. He's got slightly different ground conditions to to contend with today. A bit of soft in the going description. It was quick ground at Doncaster last time. Um, I'd, I'd be happy to take him on to be honest. Intrinsic Bond won really well. Uh, it switched to the to the Michael Wiggum yard last time out. Uh, he's really comfortably on top at the line there. Just slightly concerned about the draw for him. I just wanted to mention quickly that the stalls this year, they're uh, on the stand side. So high numbers favoured towards that stand rail. Last couple of years, they've been down the centre of the track. So, and for, for a front runner like Intrinsic Bond, I was just cautious that he might have to burn up a good bit of petrol to get out and get across uh, in front of a in front of the pack where there are a few other front runners. He might just burn up a little bit too much energy there. I actually was going to side with Tiff, Tis Marvelous. Uh, for oh. Yeah, I, I was going to give him a, a, a chance. Look, he's been off 49 days. I suspect that this has been the target for him this race. He's won, he won it in 2021. Um, he is a bit long in the tooth now. We know all about this horse. He's won it three times, including this race, as I just mentioned. But, but if you wrote off the road, Wokingham run last time, he hasn't actually run in a handicap since this race in 2021. Um, he's a wow. horse as well. It's going to sound really stupid. I didn't really want this one to be the first one of the day. But um, it, if you back this horse just towards the middle to back end of the season, you tend to, to find he runs extremely well. If you wrote off all of his runs in the first part of the season and only backed him from like middle of July onwards, you're talking nine wins from 27 runs. And considering the races that he's been running in in his career, it's not a bad stroke rate at all. So perhaps they've targeted this race off the back of a 49-day break. Stall 12 should be just be able to keep him on the towers of the leaders against that rail. Hopefully the gaps will come for him. And uh, yeah, tricky race, but I'd give him a shout. Dara, a little bit of feedback for this show going forward for you. Just on. on race one, nugget one. So right there, you could have given us a little form figure readout. Yeah, but I've really learned a lesson. If you focused your mind, you could have done. So it's marvellous <laughs> between July and September, form figures, at Ascot <laughs> even. Narrow it down, pal. Get yeah, I've learned my, my feedback would be, God, you've done way more prep than I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know the stalls were on the where they were on the track. I was thinking we were going down the middle again. And uh, Daryl, Daryl has Daryl is just going to drag us all up here. I can tell this already. And Brendan, in my excitement for the bet five on horse mm. racing multiples, get a free bet. I got, I totally missed the weather. Obviously, no TC. You also miss Kevin we... Blake not being here. Oh, oh God, the, the, the 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 weather. Yes, well, it is uh, indeed. So Ascot. Highs of 25 degrees. The ground is currently soft. Good to soft in places on the round course. Good to soft, soft in places on the straight course. Uh, chance of a couple of mills on Saturday, but we know how quickly Ascot dries out. I am predicting good ground. New market currently good ground, and they are watering. I know this is a controversial topic, but when I tell you there are highs of 27 degrees and breezy conditions, you will understand why indeed they are watering. Breezy seems to be a topic of this weather report. I think it's something to do with global sea temperatures, but we won't get into that. Haydock, good to soft, good in places. Mm -hmm. 27 degrees again, possible three mils on Saturday, but I don't think it'll be any slower than good. The current good to yielding, we're only getting highs of 21 degrees. Can feel a bit hard done by over here. Uh, could get about six mils over the next, uh, between Friday and Saturday. So probably ground on the easy side of good. That was like a professional weather readout. Oh, that was outstanding. 
I want you to do that thing where you're like, and we have a sea breeze coming in here, da, 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 yeah, yeah, a bit yeah, more yeah. hand movement. Um, okay. Do you want to give us a tip for the dash or are you done now? Have you peaked? Well, I probably have peaked, Vanessa, but um, yeah. I thought this was very yeah. difficult. Uh, glad to see there's plenty of pace on, as you would hope, in a five furlong sprint. T-Spirit, Intrinsic Bond, Michaela's boy should be getting on with things. I thought it was a very tricky race. But if in doubt, as you know, uh, one of my go-tos is to back the best horse in the race. And in this race, that is none other than Chipstead, ridden by three-time German champion, Morzabayev is a surname, I can tell you that anyway. Uh, so uh, Chipstead now, uh, no joke running off at 105 here. He won a uh, York handicap beating a couple of solid sticks off 102, albeit with the assistance of a talented three-pound claimer. The trip probably stretched him in the Wokingham, and he was a little bit disappointing last time out in, in York, but that was at listed level. Back in calmer waters here, I think a stiff five furlongs is exactly what he wants. You're getting a double-figure price and I, I think he's worth a chance to bounce back. Okay, Chip's dead. And um, Dan, do you? We've got two votes for bounce back merchants, really. Tis marvelous and Chip's dead. But Dan, you can A, add another one into the mix, and B, you've already pulled me up on why no Kevin Blake. I wasn't going to dive into it because it's, you know, personal details. So I think we shouldn't out him on this show, should we? Don't be, don't be setting the room, really. It's, it's racing league, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, he's so ashamed to be associated oh, with it, he doesn't want it admitting. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the mischievous mood. We could have run with something there, but anyway, uh, go on. What what wins the dash? I'm bounce back ability number three with Dream Composer. Oh. I, I was keeping it quite simple because uh, um, I am a very simple person. But Brendan mentioned he thought it might be good. I got our our regular weatherman. He says he's mistrusting via text earlier of the going stick read, and he reckons it might be heavy at the moment. So. Um, oh, I was looking for a horse with some with some juice who goes well with some juice in the ground. That's Dream Composer for me. St stiff five, lots of Ascot form, previous course and distance winner. Fairly simple case, but obviously I'm not sure if you're aware that the stalls are on the stand side. At this meeting, <laughs> and I think you want to be in the high gates if you can. Very good, very good for that for that wise crack. We shall stick with you, Dan, as we move on to the two ten. We go from the dash to the stairs up to the two miles for the Shergar Cup staying handicap and full field again. Zoffy is your five to two favourite. Frankie de Tori gets the ride on Hugo Palmer's horse here. Berkshire Rocco is in there next at five to one and also the Grand Vizier at fives to the max we can six to one. There's some old favourites in here and I still I still feel sorry for Zoffy after that Chester Cup run. I know it's a few starts back now, but I just think... How did he, like, I just feel sad that he didn't win that. I feel like that was his chance, Dan. Yeah, he, he shaped really well from a long way back at Ascot as well, oh. but five to two at the minute, that wouldn't that wouldn't pique my interest. He gets beaten a lot of this horse, doesn't he, albeit in very good staying handicaps. Now, I've never been very to Saratoga. Good. I've never been to Saratoga, but I've been to Galway as of last week. Had a wonderful time. A glorious place. Great, great pubs, great scene, great racing. Um and teed up was just touched off on one of those days. And it's the teed up form line. He won either side of that that I'm trying to tap into here with the very man. And I reckon Brendan can add a bit more flesh to the case. Just also, we know from jumping, like high quality, mid to late 130s hurdler for Jesse Harrington, handles the mud very well. So conditions, if they stay on the soft side, will be no bother to him. And teed up, 
went on to get chinned by Brazil off a seven-pound higher mark and then went and won back over hurdles on, I think, the penultimate day of the meeting. So he ran three times during the week and the very man got very close to him, just touched off by half a length, closing late on, stayed the trip very well, not actually had much racing on the flat and not had much racing around two miles in the mud either in handicap. So I thought he, not a standout, but I've, feel like I know where I am with the others. And if I tip the Grand Vizier again, I'll probably get committed. So um, I'm going to go with the very man. Oh, okay. Well, over to you then, Brendan, seeing as he asked, do you have flesh to add to the bones of the very man's case? Not a whole pile, other than to say I wouldn't have had him far off fab. So he's surely a bet at seven to one, if I'm right. Uh, yeah, second to Seddon. We know all about Seddon at the uh, Punchstown Festival. The teed up form looks rock solid. He was within a whisker of winning three times at the meeting. And in that race, I, I'm kind of half thinking the teed up was dossing in front. But at the same time, the very man was held up off fairly tap tepid fractions, which happened on Guinea's weekend when he finished fourth over a mile and six, which wouldn't be, be, would, would be a minimum trip for him. On both occasions, I thought he was better than the bare form. And the bare form is very good. He's four pounds higher here. I just think he looks well overpriced at seven to one. Do you agree, Daryl? Do the market, the Jan's post market's got this a bit wrong with the very man being sevens with the sportsbook current? Yeah, yeah, I do think he should be a little bit shorter. He's actually the one I fear because I am gonna, unlike Dan, wade back in with the Grand Vizier. This is just his bread and butter. Mm. You know, he performs better at this track than he does anywhere else in the country. His recent second in the Queen Alexander to Dawn Rising is probably as good as that teed up form over at Galway, I would have thought. Um look, he's <laughs> He's a horse that's very difficult to win with, but he's very rarely been in a handicap. He's been contesting those um, conditions races when behind the lights of Stratum last year in the Queen Alexandra. Um, he's been stuck on a ridiculously high mark since winning the Ascot Stakes in, in 2019. And he's just been dropping down the handicap. And I like the angle of the switch to the blinkers for the first time. I think he ran his career best racing post rating of 109 when fitted with a first time cheap piece, a first time visor, and then ran to 106 in a first time cheek pieces. Um, if you're going to try a new headgear with him, you want to do it here at Ascot because he loves this place. I think the drying ground will be massively in his favour. I I would like a bit bigger than five to one. If in all honesty, perhaps the prices of the very man and the ground vizier should be switched switched around, but. I can't see how he's out of frame if you fancy a, a dirty each way bet on the on the Grand Vizier because he loves this place. Dirtier the better on this show, Daryl. You'll learn <laughs> that. Put the bal balaclava on. Um, um. On we go. <laughs> Let's see what you did there. Um, on we go over the one mile four furlong and the two forty five at Ascot. Is has Scampi as your 11 to 4 favourite. Safi Osborne, but for this ride for the Andrew Balding team. Uh, La Yakel is in there at threes for William Haggis. Joe Morera in the saddle for that horse. A little bit further down, and Leap has form at seven to two with a horse that we've spoken about plenty on this show. But Brendan Duke is the only person who can say his name. What's the Charlie Fellows horse that likes to win from the front, Brendan? Cumulo Nimbus. Beautifully done. Look at that. That's why he gets paid more than the rest of us. Yeah. And Max Mayhem is ridden by a chap whose name I couldn't even start to say. Has anyone got yes. that? Go it's Mirza Bayef again. Mirza Bayef, who, who was riding the, 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 the horse no, I tipped him. I couldn't do his, I couldn't do his could, Christian name. The first name. name. The first no, name is what we need. Couldn't do. He's coming out of Kazakhstan. 
But uh, Kazakhstani Brendan Burzen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, three-time three <laughs> cha- champion jockey in Germany, and Andre Fab has hooked up with him now, so he's the is going places. Yeah, he's going places for sure. I just can't say his name. Unfortunately for me, with foreign names, by the way, I'm severely dyslexic. So at school, they took me off all foreign language classes because I had to have extra English classes to just get me over the line with English, <laughs> let alone anything else. I'm not even joking. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. And so as a result, I can't even begin to start with some of these names. So the Shergar Cup, you can imagine, is not my favorite day of the year. You guys are making it better for me, though. Daryl. <laughs> we'll start with you here because Brendan's exhausted himself with that pronunciation session. So, Daryl, kick us off here. Where did you land? Yeah, well, Prada Prari was the first reserve for this race, but East Asia has come out. I wonder if William Haggis has given Ian Williams a ring and told him to get your no-hoper out of this field so I can have a run at this. Um, I thought he was a big step back in the right direction at Ripon last time. Probably um, underground, that would have been soft enough for him. I think drying conditions will suit him. He returns to the race he won last year. Uh, same Mark Dettori on board. Um, I just thought he was working his way back to a bit of form and he would be my stab at the race uh, i thought it was wide open I, I couldn't really make a massively strong case for anything in the field um but prior to priori uh, he won with plenty in hand in this race last year so perhaps he can re- repeat the feat okay currently three to one but i think it's fair to say that's a bit of a tentative poke from mm. daryl do you <clears throat> dan have a stronger view in it or is are you finding it as tricky as daryl was uh, not dead strong but i thought scampi was a really hard favorite to knock We've got right. box one, he'll probably race handy. Better off at the weights for Wooten Son from the old Newton Cup. He's compiling a really solid record in these competitive handicaps. He was six in the John Smith Cup at York. That looks a fair bit stronger piece of form than this is likely to be. And this, hopefully, is the start of the Safi Osborne um, runaway train on the day. Because I thought she had loads of live chances for the remainder of the card starting here. And if there was a a market for top jockey. I wouldn't be looking much further than her. Maybe Scamp- I'm hoping Scamp is the one to get her off the mark. I'm sure Betfair will surely have a top jockey market in no time at all. You bet the girls and have them all running for you, can't they still do the girls? Are they still called the girls in 2023? I hope like... not, really, but <laughs> racing's always a bit behind, isn't it? <laughs> oh, not really, but they might be. Um... <laughs> Brendan, go on, give us your selection in here, please. Well, it's deja vu all over again, Vanessa, with a boy, Mirza Bayef, on the top weight, oh. Max Mayhem, who uh, Kevin Philip Hart Foy has done very well, but I wouldn't think it's easy to improve one out of Joseph, but improve it he has. This horse kicked off. Not, uh, not as on... tricky as people think. <laughs> I'm, I'm only saying because that because Kevin Blake's not here. Yeah, yeah? just because, <laughs> I'll tell you, you've, you've come back in some form, in fairness. You're, you're really like the, the air, the air miles haven't taken the edge off you at all. Like, credit not credit. like, how can they when you travel first? Like, honestly, it's oh, like being in <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, Kevin Philip Artifoy, first run, Max Mayhem, uh, Max Mayhem's first run for him was in a red hot Kempton handicap, which he won. HMS president in behind, Savvy uh, Knight in, in behind, then went to Epsom on Derby Day, blew out. Okay, mightn't have liked that mm-hmm. turf, but I'll tell you, turf he does like, Vanessa, and that is the turf in the King's Garden. Ran a huge race. Uh, Loves uh, it, uh, <laughs> Ran a huge race at, at, at Royal Ascot for <laughs> the Duke of Edinburgh, beaten three lengths despite not having a, an ideal trip. That form, as you would expect with a Royal Ascot handicap, already started to work out. Live your dream, bolted up in, uh, in Newmarket. Now, 
I kind of I thought he'd win next time out in um, Ascot, and but he, he ran very well. He was only beaten half a length by City Streak, who's who's a progressive horse. He's got three pounds for that, taking him up to a mark of a hundred. I suppose getting three pounds for finishing second is 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 harsh enough. But again, in a tricky race, I like to back the best horse in the race. I believe it's Max Mayhem and himself and Morzabeef going places worth the bet at a double figure price. He is. 17 to 2, yeah, currently 17 to 2. Oh, and the reason, okay. yeah, and the, with the sports book. And the reason I follow Max Mayhem's career relatively closely is because he was bred at the farm that I live at by a friend of mine. And I think it was the first foal she ever bred, Haley O'Connor. Oh. She used to be a bookmaker rep for Labbrook. I remember. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, Haley O'Connor. You're absolutely enmeshed in the great game, aren't you? <laughs> I, honestly, it's just seeping out of me, just yeah. seeping out of me right now, along with the alcohol from the first class travel. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important halftime break. Or deposit limits to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus begambleaware.org. Anyway, <laughs> onwards we go. Max Mayhem is by New Bay. I know that, obviously. Horotto, right. who's 13 to 8 top of the market for our mile handicap, is also by New Bay, everyone. Just a sort of uh, tedious link there for us all. And it's 13 to 8. Tenuous. Tenuous. Is yep. it tenuous? Well, well, it was tedious as well, actually. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> joking. Call for it. <laughs> I tell you what, I have got a question. Barry's going to be absolutely doing his nut. But on that note of getting... Half an hour in, three races. Just... Which ev- everyone knows. Is it titbit or titbit? Tid, T-I-D. So it's not tit or tib. No, T-I-D. Wow. I always thought it was tit. <laughs> no, okay. I, I, I mean, if you, if you hadn't outed yourself there, no one would have been able to pick it up because tip well, did, you know. Shall I tell you why I'm outing myself? It's because how embarrassing is this? Someone in America pulled me up on that. Oh. So that is awkward. Anyway, Brendan, does Perotto win the mile handicap at 13 to 8? Well, quite possibly. But as you know, I'm not a, a fan of Perotto because he is energy inefficient and I'm not going to tip, tip him up at that price but I mean I absolutely hate myself in this race because I mean how can, how can I talk about energy efficiency and then tip Fox Tal I mean Fox Tal <laughs> is everything I dislike in horses he, he, he runs too free he carries his head high he sweats up I mean, he, he's the whatever the opposite of, of energy. He's the SUV of equines, is Fox Tau. <laughs> However, as, as Tony as Tony Calvin would say, every horse has its price, and he's got the magic man, Gel Moreira. Now, it'd be his greatest trick if he can get this horse home. But it looks to me like he's going to get a soft lead. He, he he was one of two possible pace angles in the race, and I I thought if he wanted to get on with it, he could. He should be okay at a mile. He travels so well in his races. Now you would have said this last time. We haven't seen him since January when when he ran in uh, Newcastle, and again it was over a mile. And he, he, he looked to get a good setup and he blew out. But that's kind of the horse. I mean, he's only won two races for a horse of his ability. It's a scandalous return. I'm telling you basically all the reasons you shouldn't back him. But as mm-hmm. the boy Calvin says, everything has its price. And he's got, you're going to be getting upwards of 20 to 1 about this horse. So I thought, given the makeup of the race, he was probably worth chancing. 
Uh, he's already drifted out to 20s and he may go at a bigger price by the time yeah. Saturday comes around. Fox Tower for Andrew Balding, 20 to 1 currently with the sports book. Big swing in this race. Daryl, over to you to follow that one up. Yeah, he may drift even further because I'm on him as well. I'm going to be on him as well. Bloody hell. <laughs> it's Drama. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I, I, I totally agree with everything that Brendan's just said about the horse as well, which is the worst part in this. But look, they've been very persistent with this horse. Like, and he's been off again since January, as Brendan just mentioned. But the hood's back on today. He's down to a mile. They've been running him over a mile and a half. And like, there's, there's many races that have been run... Uh, in a real dawdle that he's not seen out the mile and a half. And I just wonder if coming back to a mile is exactly what he wants. Get that hood back on him. He's a very free goer. Um, yeah, Joe Moreira is going to have to do some pushing and shoving, I'd say, here on this one to keep this head down. But look, on the balance of his form, he's a class above these. And uh, he's, he's been put in as a massive price. And perhaps they know something we don't, or they, or they know exactly what we do, and they just think, have 20 to 1 and take your <laughs> chance. But... Look, he's he's a, he's a decent horse on his day, and uh, again, with like with Brendan said, I thought the pace, the pace angle was a very interesting one for him. I don't think he'll be stopping. Uh, hopefully not. So, yeah, he would be my my stab at the race as well. Okay, so two votes for the twenty to one outsider, Dan Barber. If you make this three, that's it. We'll just just end the show there and then. <laughs> uh, afraid not. Afraid not. Nothing okay. against uh, these two fine and respected judges, but I thought Empire State of Mind was a very solid option each way with all his form on testing ground, loads of form in big handicaps. Seventh in a Lincoln first time out, not beaten far. Ten's not ideal, but he's got Frankie. My main thought, you, you, if the market's anything like this on Saturday morning, you want to be having a bet, don't you? Because Perotto 13-8 to eight, under conditions, potentially, I don't think really suits him. I think the way he races just don't lend them sells that style to to soft ground or softish ground so yeah opposable favorite i thought empire state of mind four places each way having just double check the sports book was the way to go nice nice currently eight to one four places each way um on we move to the 355 guys back up and trips the mile four furlongs for the three-year-olds competitive as you like Rajasthan is your five to two market leader for the gosden team Haley turner for the for the girls into a handicap for the first time, <laughs> off an opening mark of 87, following some good maiden and novice form at Salisbury, Newmarket, started out life at Yarmouth. Golden Move is next best, 9-2. to two. Like a tiger in there for James Ferguson, 11-2. to two. Was it you that said that the earlier was going to be the start of the Safi Osborne train, Dan Barber? So are you mm. about to jump in on Like a Tiger at 11-2? to two? I am, yeah. I didn't think... Um... He was seen to best effect when there was loads of money for him at Yarmouth. And what does the Cumulon Nimbus race was probably one of the stronger ones. Oh, you can uh, say it too, show off. Well done. <laughs> well, I've I've not been sullied by this before. It's my first attempt to say it, but yeah, school non dyslexia helps. Um, he was he's a I don't know. I just think he's a really impressive winner. First time out on softish ground. They've withdrawn him so many times. He's been entered five times. I counted and not been able to run or not been uh, allowed to run for whatever reason, must be ground-related. He went to Yarmouth for the racing league, and I just thought after powering through the race, Haley was a bit passive on him, perhaps should have got him wound up a bit sooner. He ended up just staying on Dowerly. Cumulo Nimbus made all in that familiar style of his. The second horse of Samarks obviously went off a gambled on. Um, second faff perhaps at Goodwood in the week. Um 
surely we haven't seen the best of Laika Tiger under these conditions. Had only a hand, six starts to be precise, and these are his conditions. I think under different circumstances and the way he shaped the trip not being an issue, I don't think going up to a mile and a half, it might actually help him by far. I thought he was the way to go. Okay, strong case made by like a tiger. Brendan, you were laughing away there, then nodding away. Are you enjoying yourself this afternoon? Yeah, I think there's just great energy in the show, Vanessa. Led, led by yourself. I just hope I can continue it here with, with this race. and I probably can't, actually. I've limited inspiration. Uh, I'll give Intinzo a shout, though. Intinzo's an interesting horse for Johnny G. Now, far be it from me to advise the G, but why this horse hasn't been gelded? I mean, what more does he need to see? Like, he ran far too keen in the field and stakes. Then it may have had a physical issue, which would have been the time to geld it, just saying, uh, because we didn't see it till last month when I came out in Chelmsford and again ran too free, finishing second to two promising horses. But it is off a, a, a mark that it could do damage off if settling better. Now it's up and trip here and it may, it, it will test all of Luke Morris's skills to settle the horse, but he's around nine to one. I thought in a race where I was struggling for inspiration, as I said, he might be worth a chance. Okay. And Tinzo nine to one, like you say, with the sports book currently. Um, and Daryl, final word for you here. Yeah. Ra- Rajasthan. This is the one oh. I think. I think this is the one on Saturday. I think this opening mark of 87 is, is well, well within reach here. Um, look, the form is pretty obvious there to see his debut at Yarmouth. He couldn't have been more of an eye-catcher. He was the only horse to come from off the pace. It was a really steadily run affair. Um, he picked up really nicely. He chased home Knight that day. He's rated 107. Knight's just recently finished third in the thoroughbred stakes. A good with third or fourth. Not beaten too far there. He's then chased home Cicero's gift at Newbury. Cicero's gift has gone on to do excellent things. Obviously, a big eye catcher in St. James Palace when not getting repeat, repeatedly denied a clear run. He was better than a bare result there. That's a Group 1 horse. And then he's got the job done at Salisbury last time on ground. I think he would have hated. Um, fast ground is, is not what he wants. He wants a bit of ease in the ground, but he was so comfortably on top there, just nudged out by Rob Rab Avlin. Steps into handicaps off a mark of 87. Jesus, I mean, you go back to, to the likes of Knight and Cicero's gift and try and work out how much weight he'd be in receipt of if he ran against them off 87 and they ran off their marks. I mean, surely, surely um, this is better than 87. And Hayley Turner's just a, a bit of luck in the saddle, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so the boys taking each other on with the Gosden horses and just a note that we are paying four places here on the 355 at Ascot. Let's move on. Final race on the day is the sprint. And... When Quinault won, before Quinault won at Newmarket, Dan, I, I asked you the question on Racing Only Better, mm-hmm. can he notch up another handicap win? You said no. He duly did. And now I'm just going to ask you the same question again. Can he notch up another handicap win? Of now, 97. Where does this man stop with this horse? I'll say no. And he probably duly will win again. <laughs> but I think, I think this track does pose a slightly different problem. You know, you get you get rolling at Newmarket and you get rolling at York and you've not exhausted yourself. And when something comes to tackle, you might have the bit that bit more left. And that seemed that's just been his style throughout, hasn't it? He's not he's not lagging up, seemingly keeps a bit for himself, or he's extremely game. It's one or the other, but he's up to ninety-seven now. Different course. I don't know. I do think it asks a different question of him. He's been an unbelievable horse this season. The the progress and how he's sort of done it. You don't associate horses progressing through the ranks. 
being ridden in the sort of style he does. Do you these hold up horses that get delivered late? You can appreciate it, but he has been a bit of a marvel. Um, I'm gonna tap into some. I, I think obviously there's one horse in this field who has done a rare thing. He's been racing league and Sunday series, and he's won at both in the space of a week. And that was Dark Trooper, who was the unique, really... the unique and much loved racing double. It is. It's a big one. It's it's a very big one. And if you can add a Shergar Cup to that, I mean, just retiring on the spot. He's um, he's swept through to win at Yarmouth, and then on Sunday, don't know what was wrong with him. He drifted like his leg had fallen off. Went off seven to one. He was threes when we were sort of discussing the race in the office beforehand. Um, but you wouldn't have known it. Travelled really well out the back. Perhaps he was in the right part of the track coming wide. But he swept through to the front, proved himself under different conditions, and he's got just a three-pound penalty. The second horse, we know loads about Be Proud, obviously, but he's a really reliable horse under those conditions and was coming in on the back of two wins. So he was after a hat-trick, and Dark Trooper ended up just kicking him out of the way. Uh, so I'm sticking with the informed one. What a treble that would be. Okay, Dark Trooper at 10 to 1 for the very unique treble. I should have said that Quinault was top of the market currently at 6 to 4, Daryl, which obviously does seem pretty short in this sort of field. But given the fact that they're talking about, or they have already given him a champion sprint entry for the end of the season, if he's that sort of horse, if he's stakes level type, 97 still should be within his compass. Rather than looking back at what he's done, you know, in terms of where he's come from, I'm thinking, oh, surely he's got to a ceiling, but maybe there is still more to come from him. Yeah, it's been quite a remarkable season. Everywhere he's been as well, the form has just worked out really well. Um, mm. So, you know, he's obviously a classy three-year-old. Just worry about if it's slightly easier ground um, today. He's untested, sort of good to soft ground, soft in the going description. At six to four, I'm, I'm happy to take him on from a punting perspective. On with Dan, with Dark Trooper. Oh. Um, yeah, this horse, oh, geez, this horse is giving me nightmares, I tell you. I, I backed this horse quite heavily back at Kempton back in January. And I said after that run, I thought, Jesus Christ, this, this is a hundred horse. Uh, he's then gone to Wolverhampton, run really flat. Turned out at Kempton again, and I thought, you know, he lured me back in a little bit, and uh, he ran no sort of race. I then looked over all of his figures, all of his speed figures, everything he'd done, and thought, right, this court, this horse needs six furlongs. Okay, I waited for him to drop back six furlongs. He went to Windsor, and he was pulled out as a non-runner. I really fancied him. And then at Yarmouth, I thought, this is a real competitive race. Let's just see how it goes. And I've missed him the last twice he's won. So be prepared, Dan, that I am, if I'm on him on Saturday. It's yeah, good for me. Yeah, I might be yeah, <laughs> I might be cursing you a little bit, but I thought he won with a hell of a lot in hand the last twice. And uh, yeah, every speed figure he's recorded, every sort of sectional suggests he's a sprinting type. Um, it surprised me how well he handled the ground the last day and uh, I think 10 to 1 is a very fair price about a horse that is very much on the up and uh, off 89 he could still have a good bit in hand but particularly given he recorded an RPR race and post rating of 103 last time you know I think he's uh, I think he's got a lot more to come yet All right two votes for Dark Trooper but if he gets beat this time around we'll just have to Muffle. start calling Daryl Daryl Lianca Carter <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Brendan so the boys have flagged up not only track concerns for Quinault, mm. but ground concerns as well. And they've mm. made an excellent case for Dark Trooper at a much, much, much bigger price. Mm. Are you going to do the same, going away from the short price fab here? Well, pretty much. I mean, Quinault is a very interesting horse because like Dan, I thought the handicapper had a hold of him. Bear in mind, that was a hundred grand handicap 
in uh, Newmarket and he, he was himself and Washington Heights were renewing their, 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 their saga, which has been a narrative through the season. Uh, but he was 7-1 to one in the morning, into 4-1. to one. They absolutely hammered him in the betting. So they obviously do think this is a horse going places. And the performance of Millstream and Deauville, the second uh, that day in Newmarket Millstream, uh, bolting up at a listed race in Deauville would suggest that the horse can cope with the seven pounds, but like the lads, it's just six to four looks a very short price to me. So I was going to take him on with Dark Trooper each way, not a whole uh, pile more to add. He's four from, I know, yeah, you, you love a hat trick. Uh, he's four from eight since going handicapping. So that's some strike rate for a handicapper. He's only had 11 runs. The form of the Armored race worked out, as they said, as they, as they said, he beat a horse on a hat trick the last time. I, I feel like he's ground versatile and he looks like each way playing the race to me. Okay, three solid votes for Dark Trooper going for a third win on the bounce in this unique treble he's after. Racing League Sunday Series Sugar Cup. All the loved little angles in racing. I think not. It's not a hint of sarcasm either. Daryl, are you having fun on this show? Yeah, I'm enjoying myself very much. Good, good. Okay. <laughs> Let's stick with you because we've got to rattle through a couple more races from Haydock and all seriousness and Newmarket and the Curra. So we've still got a little way to go. So, Daryl, we will stick with you and pick up Haydock 225 over the mile. Um, very competitive handicap, I thought this. Poet Master is currently the four to one uh, best in the market for Carl Burke, Sam James in the saddle. Just so unexposed, this three year old, obviously just coming in, having his third run. Got this opening mark of 92 off the back of the two wins, and he's been well fancied both times. But he's got to take on some much more experienced individuals. And though he looks like he's the sort of sexy class act in here, I'm worried that he might get outdone by something with that little bit more experience, a little bit more under their belt. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. He's a bit of a free goer as well. I mean, if you're going to try, I mean, if you're going to try and make a case for him on the bare form, or on the yeah. on the time figures he's recorded the last twice, I think it's very difficult to do so. But I also think he's been strikingly impressive. Um, yeah. Sometimes you just sometimes you've got to put the figures in the in the form book aside and work with your gut and and, and what your gut tells you. And for me, with Poet Master, it told me that this could potentially be a group horse um, in a handicap, making his handicap day off ninety two. Interesting, they've they had an entry at Newmarket as well, which was I thought was a slightly easier race. Interesting, they've come here to um back to Haydock where he won last time over seven, going up to a marble suit him. I uh, yeah, I, I like I like I think he's better than 92. I, I generally do, but to two, if you ask me to put that into 400 words and tell you why, I, I probably couldn't do it. But I I think just gut feeling, experience of watching horses, I think he's a, I think he's a very, very smart animal. All right, very smart animal nod then. Do you, Brendan, do you think he's a group horse in a handicap like Daryl's just flagged up? Is that the same impression oh, he's been giving you? I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I mean, he's just been beaten up inferior opposition. So what mark do you put on him? Daryl could be right. The handicapper could be right. I mean, 92, it's finger in the air job as far as far as I can see. The Isle of Jura, the other three-year-old progressive horse race, has gone up nearly two stone since winning his first handicap. So, I mean, th there's some serious uh, bullets for the older horses to dodge here. But nonetheless, 
I still decided I would chance Hafid Alan at a bigger price. Uh, Hafid Alan uh, is having a very fine season. He, he broke a long losing run when getting off the mark on penultimate start beating that uh, man of Eden, who's a very solid stick. And then he was just run down by Dutch decoy last time out. Dutch decoy, uh, uh, one of the most solid horses in training, then ran third in the Golden Mile at Goodwood. Uh, Hafid Alan should get the lead here. Now he won't get a he won't get a solo or anything. He looks the obvious front runner, but there's plenty of horses like to get on with him, so he will have pace pressure. But he's only two pounds higher than when just being narrowly denied by a Dutch decoy. He has won off higher marks in the past, and I thought he was sure to run well, albeit against these unexposed three year olds. All right then, and Dan, what about you? Did you decide to go with that sort of angle in terms of more experience, more that we more exposed, or the inexperienced, unexposed three-year-olds with the sexier profiles? I hate that term. Sexy so do profile. I. Not as much as I hate it. It's a shocker, isn't it? Um, I hate myself right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm against. I think they both cop pretty ordinary draws, to say the least. One in thirteen. One in twelve. You have to work to get a position a mile around here and. He could backfire. It doesn't take much for an inexperienced horse to get lit up if something like that happens. So, yeah, be against the two. And it is Hafeet Alain for Ed Walker and Connor Planners. We know he's a very good five-pound claim. He just looks very solid to me. He's drawn in six. He's really effective when the mud is flying, as it's likely to be at Haydock. It was heavy for Sunday series last week. They're still calling it soft, good to soft. His record is absolutely mustard when he gets some rain and... He's not actually had very testing ground all season. It was good to soft a new market, according to Timeform, and the informed Dutch decoy just thwarted him. But that was the softest ground he encountered all year. I'm hoping, although it's cracking flags up here, I'm hoping it's no worse than good to soft, uh, no better than good to soft anyway, because it does seem really key to his chance. Okay, two vote, votes then for Hafid Alain at 8-1 to one currently with the Sportsbook. Let's roll on to the Rose of Lancashire, the Group 3, the group race up at Haydock. Over the 10 furlongs, well, 10.5 furlongs. And Al-Azi is just 7-4 to four favourite, this horse, Jesus Christ. King of Conquest with the cheap beast on threes. Savvy Victory in there, 9-2. Midnight Miles, sixes. Phantom Flight in there at eights. He's promised plenty. Behind Alazi last time, ran a great race at a much bigger price. But focusing in on the favourite, I only say Jesus Christ there, Brendan, because I, this horse is just hes just so frustrating. I hate that lack of knowing what he's going to deliver. We know what he can do. We know he could be so swanky, but half the time yeah. he decides that he doesn't want to do it. And I don't what like that in the horse. It's a bit like me today, actually. I'm like Alazi on a going day. Yes. You know, yes, flashy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, absolutely. Would I invest money for you for on, on you for the next show? Probably not. It's a fair point. You're going to bounce at some stage, aren't you? Um, yeah. So I, 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 I'm sort of I'm of a similar mind to yourself. We should really go to Dan because he was on the last time. What price will Alazi be? You know, it's <laughs> it, it, complete guess up. Uh, what the market's going to make of him. He, he was very impressive, but I thought basically King of Conquest is a bigger price. There's not a huge amount between them on official ratings. And uh, uh, with the cheek pieces, hopefully sharpen him up because he just he sort of let the race get away in the Wolferton. He still ran well in the Wolferton now, but he, he I mean he was a horse going places. He's hardly ever ran a, a, a bad race. I, I rate that form when he beat Francesco Clemente on penultimate start in Goodwood, albeit the Clemente disappointed in the Wolferton as, as well. I just thought at the prices he was a much more solid punt in conveyance, and for that reason, I would be with the King of Conquest. 
We're all about solid conveyances, aren't we, Daryl, in this game? That's what we need in life. Solid punting conveyances. <laughs> I think I think if you can make a case for the King of Conquest, King of Conquest, you can make a case for Savvy Victory, Phantom Floyd, and El Drama. I don't think there's much that separates the the lot of them, to be fair. And I thought, I thought he was lucky to beat Francesco Clemente at uh, mm. a Goodwood, to be honest. But uh, you could look, the cheap pieces might spark him up, might uh, bring out a bit further improvement. But geez, I thought Al Arzi was very generously priced at 7 4. Like, I know he keeps getting this label of, um, of he's sort of unreliable. I think you can make genuine excuses for him. I know he bombed out a new market, but that, that you would tend to give a horse. Forgive a horse a run after 420 days off the track there. Yeah, and, and I think I did flag it up on one of the shows, or I'm sure I did, or maybe I just kept this for my internal thoughts, but I interviewed um, Maureen Haggis at Yarmouth before that Saturday when they had the two horses off the break, and it definitely, you know, it was clear this was a stepping stone. That yeah. was a stepping stone onto other things. Now, I don't think maybe they expect them to run quite like that, but, um, you know, I, I'm not sure it was a, a huge surprise. Yeah, and he's bounced out of it just fine. So I'd be yeah. happy to say he just needed the run. I think if you go back before that, yeah, he disappointed in the Group 1 Champions, Champions Stakes at Ascot last year, but this Group 1 company. And his run before where he was beaten by Solid Stone, it came immediately after a Gelden operation. Other than that, he's got a pretty consistent profile. I, I just think, I don't know, the market just never likes this horse. And look, I think he, if he's on a going day, he's going to wipe the floor with these. And uh I'd be happy to take a chance. I'll be happy to take seven or four and take a chance with him because I I don't see where the improvement's coming from unless, like Brennan says, the, the cheap piece of sparking and conquest. But the drying ground is in Al Arzi's favour. The trip's fine. He's a class above these on a going day. So, yeah, it'll do for me. Daryl has really stepped into Kevin Blake's shoes here and TC shoes as well. So he's sort of double shoeing. Best but- horse in the race, Brendan says. Well, there's that as well. There is that. There is that. But I was all more going to focus in on your forgiving nature. Kevin's oh. always teaching us about being of a forgiving nature. That's where the value lies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, Dan, are you of an equally forgiving nature when it comes to Alazi? He's got the time form squiggle, hasn't he? Surely you don't tip up horses with a time form squiggle. Yeah, he does. And I'm not sure the trainer's too happy about it either. Just done a few things <laughs> I've, I've heard about lately. Um, oh, oh. Yeah. Um, I might just chance the trainer change. Half a guess up. El Drama. Maybe he's gone a bit sour with his former stable. And Burke might be able to work a bit of magic with him. Quite interesting that he's running him on this card when he's got the big hope in the earlier race. Um, probably could have loads of places. He could have run him. He could have stuck to handicaps. He could have gone for a handicap. Um, he's been a frustrating horse for varying, but it is simply that maybe 14s. I think 14s could look too big if he can be brought back to his very best where he was like a high tip one teens horse. Yeah, currently, like he says, 14s with that change change with Sportsbook as we speak right now. Um, let's let's keep moving on. Uh, we'll flip over to Newmarket for just one over there, Brendan. That's the Sweet Solera Stakes where Fallen Angel for Carl Burke again is 3-1. to one. Soprano in there, top of the market as well, 3-1 to one for George Bowie. Season hasn't quite gone to plan for her. Those are the joint favourites currently. Um, where did you land in the Sweet Solera, Brendan? I decided to take a chance at a price. I'm, I'm, I'm liking the makeup of this race. It should be truly, truly run. Carolina Reaper and Queen's Reign like to get on with things. So I, I, I like that in stakes races. Uh, and I thought Les Bleus 
was interesting for uh, Richard Hughes. Uh, this filly um, has, has run promisingly on both starts. She missed the break first time out over five furlongs in Sandown, but ran on really strongly. Again, missed the break last time out. This is a bit of a concern, but let's let's hope she j- just gets better better experience. And I thought she was sneaky impressive. I mean, she absolutely flew home uh, to, to win a length and a half. Now, the third probably a solid stick but rated 75 and I'd say that's that's pretty accurate so that obviously leaves her with plenty to find here but she's only had two runs I thought she was impressive last time out and she's 14 to 1 that would do for me all right that would do for most people I'd say wouldn't it Daryl 14 to 1 poke from Brendan taking a swing in this race it's the sort of race that you can do that in are you doing the same um to be honest i haven't got a strong selection in this or i haven't really got a selection at all i look sneakily sneaky impressive though that's that's quite i like that like turn of phrase but i kept so it's going named, th- named after you on this show though <laughs> <laughs> i kept going through this race and i just kept coming back to the um to the albany form and i didn't really want to back the two at the top of the market in all honesty and uh i sort of left myself running around in circles i i thought there was more to come from Jab- jabara um, I know she was well beaten at, at Ascot, but I thought she, I thought she raced away from the main bulk of the action. I didn't think she had the pace to aim at. I, I thought she was. I thought it was a bit of a messy race. I didn't think she was involved in the action. I didn't think she disgraced herself. I think there's more to come. I thought she was really, really impressive on debut. Now that form obviously does time with a good few of these, which left me with the uh, with the feeling that it's such a tight knitted race um, that something just needs to take a step forward to win it. And yeah. perhaps that could be the variant horse, but it wouldn't be a confident selection. All right. Let's move on then for the, to the Phoenix Stakes, just the Group 1 action to take from the current. It's been shown on ITV, which is excellent because it's an excellent two-year-old race, this over the six furlongs, the Phoenix Stakes. And I, I love this race in general. I just think it, I like it as a race full stop. But this is a nice renewal of it. You've got Buccanero Forte taking on Unquestionable from the Railway Stakes. Buccanero Forte beat Unquestionable that day. They're five to two currently with the sports but co-favourites at the top of the market. Taking on Porta Fortuna, the Philly for Donica O'Brien, the Albany winning Philly. And they're also taking on the likes of Give Me the Beat Boys, His Majesty in there, the more experienced individual. A few others too. Um, Dan, I will come to you for this race. I don't know who my selection, I don't know who I fancy the most at this stage, but I just know I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I think I'm banking, not banking, but I'm, I think I'm expecting there to be a reversal of form from the railway and the market says you can't split them. But it yeah. depends. I mean, I wouldn't watch as much Cura as Brendan and probably not as much as Daryl either, but I'd, I never think getting that rail's a bad thing on the straight track. And Buccanero had that, whereas unquestionable was slightly maybe two or three horse widths away from it and it was a ding-dong battle very little between them but Buccanero Fuerte's drawn one this time which I think will put him towards the middle and that could be it's got to be difficult for him to get that perfect storm of getting across and and being able to half dominate Okay, well then, Brendan, do you expect that there may well be a reversal of form here? Are you hopeful that there will be a reversal of form? 
I don't think there'd be much in it. If, if, if I was pricing it up, I would very marginally make Bucanero Fuerte favourite. Uh, I take Dan's point, but I do think he'll have the run of the race here. Gennari was the only competition for the lead I could see. And I like the little bit of easier ground this time. Bucanero Fuerte is a big boy. He hits the ground hard. He's going to be out in front, able to set his own fractions. And it was only the third run of his career. I thought he, he might just be able to see them off. But I think he's some to it. No surprise if the Porta Fortuna is the one getting the Phillies allowance. I mean, it's just so tight mm. between between the three of them. Uh, very much looking forward to the race. Yeah, me too. Just those top three in the market, Daryl. Anything could happen. You've already flagged up that you don't like the Albany form, so I'm banking on the fact you're not going for her in this race. Where did uh, you land? I, I, it's very, very tight. I think the market's got it right. I think that's the first thing to, to, to mention. Yeah. So whether it comes to a bet in this race or not, I don't know. I do know that they've put in launch as a pacemaker for Bacanera Fuerte. So, yeah. so expect launch to go forward. Expect uh, Kevin Stott to get straight on the tail of that one and be towed into the race. The tricky thing is, as as Dan mentioned, is the, is the draw install one. Um, if he was install five or six, then I think you'd be close to that. Ralph, I think you'd be very happy taking a chance with him. But I, I think Buccaneer Fuerte is is the best horse in the race. In all honesty, um, I think he's got improvement to come from this year into next. I think he'll stay further than this. He's a strong galloper, strong traveller. He'll get the pace to aim at. If, if Kev can get the uh, get the tactics right, early doors coming out of those gates, then I think he'll be very tough to beat. So I expect him to uphold the form of unquestionable. Porto Fortuna is interesting. Um, perhaps might just run on for second. Okay. All right. That is a rundown of all the ITV races on Saturday, guys. It's been a spicy little show. And all we've got now is the wrap-up. Brendan is agreeing. Nice bit of spice attack on today's show. Um, naps. We just need naps. Daryl, because you're a newbie, you can start, please. What is your nap for Saturday? Thank you. 3.55 Ascot, Rajasthan. Beautiful. Yeah, confident bet. Like it. Okay, Brendan, over to you on that, please. 2.10 Ascot, the very man. Lovely. And you, Dan Barber? Um, I'll go one, uh, 3.20. Ascot, Empire State of Mind each way. All right. There we go, then. That was Best Bets. Before I wrap up, don't forget TC's new show on Saturday, 8 a.m., Betting Briefing with Tony Calvin. Uh, he'll be going through all the racing on Saturday on his Twitter spaces. So head over, over to the Betfair Racing Twitter handle or Tony Calvin's own Twitter handle to find out more about that. But it's 8 a.m. It's on Twitter and it will be a deep dive into all things betting for Saturday with Tony Calvin. That is his new show. So you can catch that over on Twitter. And before we wrap up, the five on horse racing multiples get a free bet but do it responsible enjoy yourself over the weekend and join us again on monday for betfair's weighed in show where i cannot promise i will be in this level of form i'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>